Hi, this is Gay Hendricks, and welcome to the Big Leap Podcast. On this episode, we're going to dive deep into our own personal big leaps during the year of 2021 and look forward to what some of our own big leaps and what yours are uh, for the next year. All right. So we're going to give you um, some ways of thinking, some questions you can ask. And also Gay, as usual, has some really interesting insights on how to think differently about the new year. And you're going to find out what his next year big creative leaps going to be and what he's looking forward to. So all that more in this episode. Welcome to the big leap. Hello and welcome to the Big Leap Podcast. I'm Gay Hendricks, along with Mike Koenigs, your host. And today we're going to invite you to time travel with us over the past year. We want to do a conversation today about our own personal big leaps in uh, 2021 and some of the big leaps we're looking for personally in the next year. And as we do that, I want you to reflect on what your biggest leaps have been during 21 and what your up for in the next year. So Mike, how you doing over there? Great, great. It's so nice to be here. Tons happened since we spoke with each other last. I know you had an amazing vacation and uh, we bought a place in Mexico and have been spending a bunch of time um, living, living happily ever after. <laughs> so that's one of my big leaps is we made, uh, both Vivian and I made some very specific commitments to um, our happily ever after plans. Mm. And it's changed my internal psychology. And I've got a couple insights that'll go along with the big leap. So um, I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun episode. And I'd love you to start. What were your, what was, was or were your biggest leaps of the year? Well, my biggest leap was my 40th wedding anniversary with Katie. And we, we started our 40th wedding anniversary celebration in New York back in October when I was back there giving a speech. And then we decided to bookend it with a trip to Maui uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So we started in October and finished in December celebrating what to me has been the greatest transformational journey of my life, having a, a woman in my life, Katie, that I could grow and change and go through all sorts of stuff with, you know, going through low spots and then <laughs> getting selected by Oprah and have her wave her magic wand over us 30 years ago and all of that that led to. And so we've had this incredible journey. So that was my biggest leap this year. I would say, um, well, I had an unexpected big leap in the form of what in the investing world is called a liquidity event. I, I had uh, Katie and I got a call about 15 years ago from a friend of ours and said, hey, some people here in Ojai are putting together a company called Ojai Energy Systems about a way to build an environmentally friendly battery. And of course, Tesla wasn't known at the time. So this was um, an advanced version of uh, what they use in the Tesla cars now. And our battery is used in other kinds of cars like that. But um, Katie and I try to, if possible, invest in anything promising that's local. So we've invested in two or three things around locally that were total flops and, uh, you know, two or three things that uh, were good. But that's just one of our missions is to help local entrepreneurs as best we can uh, get a foothold in the world. And we've sponsored two or three businesses this year that have now paid us back and are going solid on their own. So it's a very satisfying kind of thing for us. And um, so we put... Um, 
some money into this new company and it proceeded not to do very well for a long period of time. They struggled and struggled and struggled. And for a while, even the CEO was um, not taking any money. And so that's a bad sign when you get down to the part where the. Yeah, never, never good. Never good. So it, it was right next to the bone, but we believed in it and we kept supporting it. And suddenly a couple of months ago, a big conglomerate named Briggs and Stratton who started making lawnmower engines and now makes jet engines and electric walls and all sorts of stuff like that. It's a big uh, conglomerate. They made a bid on our energy system, which is now called Simplify, and bought us all out unbeknownst oh. uh, to most oh, nice. of us. This all happened very quickly and sort of backstage. And so one day we get an email and said, you know, we'd like to buy all your stock for $3 and a quarter a share. And, uh, you know, it was um, a, a great um, unexpected liquidity event. And so big financial windfall. And, and we got busy. Um, see, at my stage of the game and where Katie and I, we're in our 70s now. And we pretty much made our fortune quite a long time ago. And so we're having a blast giving a lot of it away. And so um, we, um, a client of ours came up with an idea and did it. And it worked so well that we borrowed his idea, which was we made a grant. We found that uh, there were 380 uh, needy families in our area that had children. And so we made a donation to the local uh, toy shop here to give um, a gift certificate to all of those families uh, for their kids to uh, have a, a good toy. And so um, that to me was one of the most satisfying things uh, we did all year long. And we've, we, we sort of tried to do it anonymously, but then the word leaked out. So I decided to just go public with it. But uh, it's been a very satisfying thing to do because we've got a lot of thanks from people that heard about it. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, I love that. And uh, I'm curious for you, what would have been your biggest creative big leap this past mm. year? either creation or creativity? I would say my biggest leap I'm still in the middle of because I made a decision. Um, I've been in the middle of writing a memoir for the last year or two. And I showed it to an agent this year and he made a really great suggestion that I add a piece on. Um, after, it's it's a lot of personal stories, but he suggested I added a piece at the end that was about how my work evolved and where the major turning points were that led me into uh, all the stuff that I have written about in my books, all the different techniques and tools we use. What was the personal experience under those? And so I'm in the middle of writing that now. And that has been so much fun. One of the things, Mike, you probably heard me say is, you know, you're in your genius zone when you lose track of time and get so yeah, into sure. the work you're doing that all of a sudden somebody says, Hey, it's dinner time. And you say, Oh, Oh yeah. I realize I've been hungry for the last two hours, you know? And so uh, that's been happening to me so much in the writing of this new piece of the memoir. And to me, that's like 
dessert all the time, living in that space of that sweet spot of my genius. So I'd say that's another creative big leap that's been going on. Also adding to that, I had a big insight this year about what to do with my as yet unpublished mystery novels. See, I have two mystery series that already have mm. a bunch of books in them. One to do with my um, Tibetan Buddhist private detective, Tenzing Norbu. There's five books there. And then there's three books by my other hero, Sir Errol Hyde, who's my kooky uh, Victorian era detective. And so I suddenly had a realization. I don't want to go through five book launches. What I'm going to do is release an omnibus volume of the three Sir Errol mysteries. They're going to be called Sir Errol, The Lost Years, and then an omnibus, omnibus bottom <laughs> volume of the two um, Tenzing Norbu ones and kind of complete the whole series that way rather than to have to do five things in a year. So that's my that was another creative leap where it suddenly, see, I'm always, Mike, looking for it. Hmm, could this be easier? Could this be more elegant? Could what I'm doing be in any way simpler? You know, Einstein said, you've got to make things as simple as possible, but not too simple. You can't oversimplify them either. You've got to find that sweet right. spot of just what is the most uh, efficient way to bring forth the information. So that's been a big one for me. And it's still happening because I was up this morning at 4.30 or 5, and I wrote till 7.30 in that sweet spot of just time just not existing. I love that. That's something that um, I I have not been producing content like you have in that regard, and, and I've been doing it differently. So I'll tell you a couple of my big leaps. And we always have a lot of parallels happening. So we celebrated our 20th anniversary this year. Um, and that led us to really getting clear on what we want for our future. So we focused this year on preparing for as much happily ever after as possible. So that's a question I ask myself all the time is what does happily ever after look like? And one of the strategies that you've shared and I use all the time now is how you hmm into things. Mm -hmm. Wonder question. And one day I was hmming in and I realized something which I, I know what you and I have talked about. I can't remember if we recorded it, but I realized that I am going to say no to anything that I feel during the hmm exercise would exceed 5.0001% aggravation. So an aggravation free life is a happily ever after life. And I realized in that thinking that, you know, growth happens through pressure and resistance and conflict, but I don't think it happens through aggravation. Aggravation, it, I don't think is a good source of growth other than when you know it's there. And it's, and, and now it's not about avoiding it. It's just about realizing who or what would cause it. So I had a very, very, I had a big opportunity come to me this year that I uh, decided not to do. It could have been extremely uh, profitable, but I just know it would be something I'd have to create a detailed legal document to protect myself inside of this. And to me, anything involving a bunch of lawyers and lawyering up 
and something where I have to wo- worry about whether or not I can trust the other party is pure aggravation. So it was just a hard no. Um, so the other thing that I happened now, you've had a bunch of them. And again, I'm just going over some of the similarities while you're going through it. I had my first significant liquidity event uh, this year. I still haven't received the check. It should be here any day now, but um, uh, that I'm excited about. And um, we have a couple more in motion, but um, there, you know, I, we didn't really start actively investing on the level you do. You know, I'm a couple of years behind you, but uh, I'm excited. It really felt good because uh, this thing we did, over 15 years ago now. Um, and that's a long ass time, especially for a startup, the, a zero interest um, loan, basically. Um, and then um, another one <clears throat> that I mentioned briefly is we just bought property in Mexico. It's a giant strawberry field and we're calling my studio that I'm going to build on the property, Strawberry Fields, Strawberry Fields Studio. And part of that's um, because I've always loved the Beatles. Um, I really got inspired during the last, uh, the documentary, which we're going to talk about in another episode. But um, we're excited because there's space on it. We can have a regenerative farm. Well, basically, we can be food independent, land independent. We have our own well and um, build something down there, which is a huge leap for me and us. I've avoided real estate like the plague because it's always felt overwhelming and scary. Um, The next one is um, Zach went to CU Boulder. Uh, Excuse me, Um, Mike, may I, uh, before you go to Zach, could I ask you a little bit more about the real estate thing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, First of all, just to, you know, I don't own any real estate in a foreign country, but when I think of owning real estate in a foreign country, suddenly my mind goes off like a firecracker episode of potential problems, yeah. you know, and I, oh, so yeah. what about that? What have you done to keep that oh, aggro free? Yeah, that's, that is a massive breakthrough. So here's why it happened and how it happened. So what started it is Vivian, um, went to Chip Conley's MEA or Modern Elder Academy for a little bit of a break and a sabbatical to work on her next book. And she wrote me within two days and said, I love it here so much. I love the community. I love the the culture. There's a lot of what we'd call high frequency alien entrepreneurs down there. It's got that sort of a mindset. It's, It's crunchy yet productive. So, you know, there's yoga and farm-to-table restaurants. And um, and because Chip had done it, she got to know his partner, Jeff, and then met the other partner and then started asking questions. And pretty soon she was doing the three cups of tea, go out and visit and meet the people. Because down there, here's the problem with Mexico and real estate. Um, everything's gray. And... Like you could have a deal get pulled out from underneath you because you don't understand the rules. So for example, um, the way property became, so basically the government during the revolution took all the property away from the wealthy folks and gave it to the farmers. And the way the property laws work down there is if you own the property 
then your children and their children also own it. So if you die, uh, you have to get sign off to sell the property from all of the heirs. And if one of them doesn't sign it, they can come back and say, whoop, that property is still theirs. Okay. Even if they got the money, doesn't matter. So there's stuff like that. So clear title is a big yeah. deal. And there's more than that. There's something called the Ahito, which is kind of like a co-op that manages. And there's uh, there's just a whole bunch of rules that are complicated. And and she started meeting lots and lots of people and discovering like how to not get screwed. And her big breakthrough came from one day she said, I knew I know I could do this when I realized I built over 50 structures in um, uh, uh, in Uganda and I've never gotten screwed. Hmm. So um, that she said, I know I can do it in Mexico. I know how to go about asking questions. And, and, you know, part of what you do when you're in Mexico is you can go and you can ask the same question. You get 10 different answers from 10 different people. Um, and then one time, you know, we were like, well, how much, like we were, we bought this property or we're about to, and it's like, well, how big of a plot do you need in order to, uh, call it a separate space? And one realtor said, well, it's no, no less than 2000 meters. And she goes and talks to someone else. And the guy who's a Mexican goes, mm, mm, mm. depends who you, depends who you ask. Basically it depends who signs off on the paperwork is, is that, that answer. Now, we as Americans think that everything's black and white, and we believe our legal system is. It's just, it's stacked in different ways. So when you start thinking differently, you can um, really get a lot done. But if you do things wrong, like if you go down there and think you can just start waving cash around and get stuff done, the Mexicans hate that. They will block you and prevent you from doing stuff for years if they feel like it. So it really has to do with being neighborly, building relationships. And um, asking for permission. But one of the great things that happened as a result of this, first of all, we can build down there for under 100 bucks a square foot for really nice stuff compared to the U.S. You know, you can spend 5,000 bucks a square foot if, in, in some areas. But um, we, uh, we created a Mexican corporation, which gives us immediate ability to become permanent residents, which then means we can get a second passport. And there are benefits and advantages to that. So, you know, part of my goal in the future is more um, more access to different places. So this is just a pathway of getting there. Okay. Well, I hope I yeah, answered you your question. Answer I question, probably did. did but I much. want to draw a big conscious circle around something okay. that may require further fine tuning, which is getting your no hassle, no aggro life reconciled mm -hmm. with building any kind of structure anywhere. So I, I wish oh, yeah. you well. My wife and I, Katie and I, have um, built a cabin at nine or at 10,000 feet. We've remodeled a 102-year-old Victorian. We've remodeled a couple of uh, our beach house. And anyway, we've done a lot of stuff. And uh, We've always had experience, even though we go in consciously. It always seems to follow that basic maxim of takes twice as long as we ever imagined it would do and cost twice as much as we ever dreamed it would. Yeah. So uh, we're starting with a casita. Uh, 
So, uh, and then I, we've always got the chance of the property already will increase in value within months or the land. If it sucks, we can always get out and uh, do do just yeah, fine. Yeah, well, that, that's a good thing because of the scarcity to keep of property. In mind, because yeah. at a hundred dollars a square foot, you can pretty much bail and uh, and not get wounded too badly. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it, it's it's pretty interesting, and we're right next to the water. I mean, it's so breathtakingly beautiful down there. I'll I'll make sure. I send over some videos and I get them popped in for the uh, visual uh, viewers here so they can see it. And, um, but that's, yeah, no. And believe me, I've thought about it a lot. And I, that's the reason I avoided it because I've heard of how many divorces have happened because of building and I, that kind of stuff I hate. I mean, I just will just say, I won't have anything to do other than to come up with the ideas and I'm going to outsource it all. Um, because I'm I'm better off making money and doing what I do than doing having anything to do yeah. with that. But Vivian Vivian enjoys the detail and the challenge. Yeah, well, that, that's and, really um, good. And uh, yeah, I know you guys have a very strong relationship, so this won't um, apply to you. But in Colorado, when I lived out there, there was a saying among the local psychiatrists and psychologists that when a when a new therapist moved to Colorado, they immediately did three things. They bought, first they bought a four wheel drive vehicle, then they built their dream house, then they got a divorce. <laughs> and it happened one time <laughs> over and over, and over again. Um, and I think what happens a lot of times is a lot of couples put their kind of quote, put their money on a project to keep their relationship together. Oh, and yeah, that yeah. doesn't generally work very well. Um, no, that's like uh, thinking a baby is going to fix all your yeah, problems. But I really, you know, Viv Vivian has such a great quantitative mind as well as having a big heart. So if anybody can do it, she can. So uh, bless your heart. By the way, just um, I've yeah. never been to um, the name of that town down there. What's it called again? Total Santos or Pescadero. Todos, yeah. Todos Santos and Pescadero. Um, so just give me a, a quick picture of what I would see if I drove over the hill and saw that for the first time. Okay, so you'd land and start in Cabo and you'd drive north on the Pacific side about an hour. And a lot of it on the way there, it's for one thing, you're right along the ocean the whole time. And it's like sand and mountains, hills, um, and cactus. And then there are spots of like there's a lot of mango down there, for example, and lots of fields. So this place, um, just before you get into Todos Santos, which, by the way, is where the original Hotel California uh -huh. is, uh, it's it's a smallish town, and it's a, it's very much a surf town. So it's very tropical feeling, very sandy Mexican, but not dirty. It's clean. The people are super sweet, and You'll see a lot of like Baja style pickups and dune buggies. And then when you go into our little area, Pescadero, lately it's been featured in like lots of magazines. A lot of celebrities are going to that town to get married. We are, uh, so to answer your question, when you pull in, you'd see like a big strawberry field and basil fields. There's a lot of agriculture there. And then you'll see a whole bunch of palms and banana trees, and like I said, mango, and it's fairly 
sparse right now, but they're building quite a bit more because like a, a hotel came in that's going to be high end on the beach and more services are showing up. But you see like little organic um, uh, marketplaces, um, little shops. So it's a mixture of old and new and the gringos down there, meaning us. Um, in general, what you find are very respectful. They want to integrate and support the community. So they're finding ways to create community opportunities, creating jobs for the locals. But, you know, you can go to a nice, um, there's this place called the uh, Baja Bean. It's a little coffee shop that's about maybe a mile from our property where we bought. And when you walk in, there's no inn. It's just an outdoor thing surrounded with mango trees when you go there there's mangoes everywhere and um a lot of outdoor seating free wi-fi so that's where people just go communally and you'll see a bunch of mexicans you'll see a bunch of gringos sitting around but it feels very integrated if you go to half a mile to the south there's a the cerritos surf beach so there's a big surf spot you go a little bit north they call it big bar about a half a mile, that's another surf beach. So we're right smack between some great surfing. and um, But it's whales are everywhere. You'd go out to the water, blank beach, um, and you'll see dolphin and whale quite a few months out of the year. Maybe someone fishing, but it's like no one's on the beach. Well, you got me it's convinced. clean and massive. Oh, it's so, it's so nice. It's like... I, I pulled in when Vivian talked about it. We had been to Total Santos before, but not with this intention. And I was like, this feels like wow. home. I felt home there. And I, I love San Diego. I don't have anything wrong with it, but it felt different and simpler. And it's clean. You know, it's very, very clean. And one last little thing Vivian sent. She was there this weekend to finish the deal. She sent me a, a video. And there was rain in the distance. So imagine it's sunny, a lot of sun, but in the distance are rain clouds. And the way the morning sun was hitting the clouds in the rain, it was pink rain. Mm. Wow. It was really pretty. So, um, yeah. All right. So, it's, it's so quite, that's going to be taking up quite a bit of your attention in the new year, it sounds like. Yeah, probably we'll move to, uh, it'll probably be a year and then we'll move down there about half time once I get the studio built and, um, you know, we'll just go back and forth. It's only a two hour flight. So it's mm -hmm. easy. It's very easy. Well, great. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you, but uh, you've got my interest peaked now. Um, as you know, oh, yeah. uh, Chip and I, uh, I, I've never actually met Chip, but, um, you know, we've heard of each other and everything in a, a guy put together a conversation with us that'll be coming up in January. So I'm looking forward to I kind of it. bouncing around ideas with him. And uh, he's invited me to come down there a few times and uh, already. So <laughs> it's happening. Well, yeah, we'll make it happen for sure. And um, something else to consider. Uh, well, let's get Chip on this podcast because he already said, yes, I talked to him and that'd be another great thing. He's a great interview, really entertaining. He has some very interesting insights about um, aging and mm. wisdom that uh, I know you're just going to, you're going to just tear into them. You guys have a lot in common and, and you'll appreciate each other the way you th each other mm -hmm. thinks. 
Well, good. Well, mm-hmm. let's um, let's wrap her up and uh, see yeah. where we can uh, get to next. Yeah, that sounds great. I do have one one quick thing. If you had one big leap for 2022, what would it be? Mm, to get all my remaining books launched in elegant ease with great profit to my publishers and ourselves. Ooh, that's juicy. How about yourself? That's juicy. Well, I was looking at um, uh, my all my lists. You know what I am definitely interested in is uh, more impact with less effort, as generic as that sounds. And um, you know, I have a tendency to create a lot of work for myself, even though great opportunity comes along with that. I appreciate and enjoy it. But I, I uh, would like to move towards less effort and more impact and um, uh, avoiding busy. Mm. It's so easy to fall into the busy scale. And so um, um, that would be it is, um, you know, so I'm looking for some shortcuts for that. And it might be with some big questions I'll ask you about um, effortless manifestation. Ooh, that's a great question. Um in fact, I have a lot to th- say about that. And specifically, uh, okay. what I want to recommend to you, and we can talk about this in the next get together, is becoming a master of nonlinear receiving. You know, you're, a, oh, you're yeah. a master of linear receiving. You know how to work your tail off and generate a lot of good positive backflow. But I would like you over the mm-hmm. next few years to get just as masterful at receiving for no reason at all. Yes, I'm open to that. And uh, I, I started down that path a couple of years ago, and I just got so interested in um, some things that required some uh, quite, a, quite a bit of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just has to do with like creating systems and processes that produce big results. I have so much fun creating the results, but it doesn't necessarily create leverage. So I'm uh, I am a hundred percent. I took I took a note on that. So I'm going to say yes to that, Gay. So do you want to wrap this episode up then? And um, yeah, well, we've had a good time here, kind of going through some of our own big leaps and looking forward to the future. I'd really like to encourage you as you listen to this and watch this to use it as an opportunity here at the end of the year to reflect on what were my big leaps this year. Things particularly you can celebrate because. A lot of us go around mm. thinking of negative things that we've done or not done during the year, but I want you to really live in a space of celebration where you can get underneath all that stuff and say, wow, and get into a space of gratitude about it for the end of the year. I love that. Thank you. Mm. All right. And always all remember, right. well, let's uh... always remember that. Um, We'd love it if you would go over and review this podcast and uh, say uh, if you appreciate it. And we also want to remind you that uh, we're still collecting names and building our waiting list for our Big Leap event. And so, um, Mike, remind them where to go to uh, sign up for that. Yeah, thank you. So there's two ways to register. One is to text BL to 
or uh, you can just head on over to bigleappodcast.com slash apply, or there's a big old button right on the front desk that you can apply to um, get some information on the opportunity to spend some time with Gay and me, both virtual and in person. And um, yeah, it'll be an absolute blast. So once again, Gay, always, always really insightful to get your thoughts. And I'm looking forward to our next episode. All right. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Yep.